Here we go! Hey there, my name's Bubba. My name's Anna. And you're tuned into Church Nerds, an LTN radio morning show and a proud member of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network. I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. Good morning, everybody. Or good whenever. We're a morning show. Happy day. We're a morning show. So I just try to lean into it and be a little bit peppy (laughs) and happy because it's morning. Because you're supposed to. Uh, yes, absolutely. That's the, that's the whole to. point of it. I've had um, uh, two cups of coffee. One of them was reheated and one of them is fresh, thanks to you. And I appreciate that. Almost accused you of bragging. And then you talked about reheating an old cup of coffee. That's not how we brag. <laughs> you know, I had a place to be this morning. I had, I had, okay, guys, it's Red Ribbon Week. So today. What does that mean? Okay, I don't know if this is an everywhere, all of the schools across the nation thing, or if this is more of a localized thing. So you you lovely listeners are going to have to chime in and let me know if you have Red Ribbon Week if, and you're not in the Southwest. So um, uh, I know this what you're is trying like to say. a say no to drugs week at school sort of thing. Oh, never mind. And every day has a theme. So on um, Monday, it was like wear red to school. Yesterday, did our kids do that? It was wear sunglasses to Didn't school. Didn't do that either. No, because they we try to get them sunglasses, and they always lose them or break them. Even like no matter how much or little we spend on them. Um, and then today is like. Crazy hair, crazy hair and day. or socks. And if you would like to wear a hat, you could wear a hat if you wanted to instead. So just dress up day. Um, yes, basically. <laughs> I don't know. It's a kind of um, our pediatrician loves hats oh and she gosh, loves she themed hats. outfits. Like she's the fun pediatrician where you show up in her in her hallway and she's like, basically in costume every day yeah like she has olaf on her head today oh today she has a dolphin on her head oh, oh it's today a turkey she, dinner her she's got a cheese block or a pizza or like yeah. just any kind of hat and usually she has like matching scrubs and or earrings socks gotcha. whatever so this is like this day this was her day of the year. She's the one who was telling me how much she loved this day because, oh, wow. because she always wants to wear hats to everything and schools don't let you wear hats. And not, yeah, not usually, but her teacher, like she, she was allowed to wear hats this one day. And she told me that her teacher told her, um, as long as she could keep it a, a new hat every day, if she ever saw the same hat twice, she was going to take it from her. <clears throat> She was the exception. So to this the rule. teacher is the genesis. <laughs> this is the origin story. Okay. Interesting. Anyway, so mm-hmm. it's. Red I don't know that week. I've ever seen her wear the same hat twice. I have, I have, but and I've made her hats that she's worn more than once. Huh? Did you tell her teacher? No, no. 
I've made her. I've made her a bunny rabbit hat. I've made her a puppy dog hat. I think those are the only two dog or two two hats that I've made her, and I have seen her wear those ones more than once. Anyway, so um, what I'm trying to say is today is crazy hair day, which meant we had to get up extra early. Too early? No, it was adequately early. Mm. We made the bus stop on time. I would say we weren't even like hugely early for the bus. It was it was good timing. Um, but it was like, we had to get up at five forty-five to start with all of the hair. Um, because like, I don't want to sit, this is the one day they get to do something fun and crazy like this. I didn't want to say no, just because I didn't want to get up. To be fair, our kids hair is crazy every day. Different brand of crazy. Yes. There's unkempt and then there's like statement hair. Today they have statement hair. Statement hair. So we, we spray painted their heads and... Nene, she did the cup hair where not the cup hair where it's like coming out of a water bottle into a cup. That was too fancy. This is just like you put a cup underneath the hair and you it looks like a Christmas tree. head, Yeah, kind of. It's pretty cool. Um, and the kids loved it. And then we dropped the kids off at the bus and you're like, nobody else is doing this. Uh, the bus driver was like. I like your hair to Caleb. I like your hair to Levi. Oh, I really like your hair to, <laughs> to Naomi. And I didn't see a single other kid on the bus. On the bus. They may be the only kids. done to their hair. They may be the only kids at that dang school. Um, They would love it if that were true, by the way, because Caleb was like, I'm going to get to class and people are going to be like, what? Yeah. And I was like, or they will also all have spray paint. Or they will. Yeah, it's one or the <laughs> Which other. Which was what I thought would be more likely. But maybe we live in a school district where people like do not care about dressing up. That may be true because I did see some pictures from the other district. Well, it's our same district, but other campuses uh-huh. um, in town. Yeah, that's what I meant, campus. <clears throat> and there was crazy hair. There was. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, my my sister's kids are part of like this charter school out like East and they have this, um, I think it's dictionary day where you have to pick a word from the dictionary to dress up as, and it is off the chain. That is Those r- costumes are such a cool cray. spin on such a boring idea. Uh, it looks so fun and they have a parade dictionary day, I, a hard pass. You need to schools. go through her pictures yeah. and see, like, I think, um, what was it? Like bioluminescence, I think, was one oh, of the words for kids. Moana. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know what it is because of Moana. But um, yeah, I mean, they they pick these crazy things and it looks so fun. And of course, my sister is like very dramatic as yeah. far as like costume is concerned. Really dramatic in a good way. Though. But uh, apparently our school district, they can't even spray paint their hair or oh our, our campus. <laughs> there, I, I bought so many cans of hair. Well, what I thought was hair spray paint. You I also it. bought some body spray paint, which, which I was like, does yeah, not I, work in hair. People, I, well, it does I not. Don't, we can I'm use not, it on Halloween. Maybe I'm not a reader. Okay. And so when you put we'll the things, when you put the things next to the things, uh huh. move the, move them. Just move the things. <laughs> you make, you make dads look dumb uh, because I got, and trying to tell you you were done. I got all I the colors that the kids you. wanted except for pink because they didn't have pink. Right. And so I got all the things that the kids asked for. I, I was going to win hair day as it's dad. Fine. Because you know what, babe? 
And I heard the kids talking about me behind my back. primary colors, red, blue, and yellow, and then you can just make other colors. And we did, and it's fine. They did come out pretty good. I yeah. Was, I, a lot, they were bright enough mm-hmm. that, you know, our, and our kids have pretty bright hair as it is, um, that they popped. Yeah. So, and blended pretty well. Okay. Really fast. We have to do a quiz today. Uh, this mm, is important. That segue was just It wasn't like, it amazing? I'm good at what I do. Butter. What can I tell you? I just, uh, this is this is one of the consistent things that I've been trying to keep part of our, uh, part of our show here. Uh-huh. If I can pull up the correct documents. Oh, on. okay. Well, while you're doing that, <laughs> no, um, we did mention um, I'm Bubba and she's Anna. I'm Anna. I'm one of the founders here at Love Thy Nerd and a full-time nerd culture missionary. So... If you want to know more about that, you are in the right spot. Um, we didn't even talk about LTN Con that we just did. Um, oh. So you better hurry up with okay. your little... Th- I'm just kidding. We're, there's no way we're going to get to it. <laughs> I mean, we we'll can try and find a time to talk about it. We'll talk I'll about it at the top of the next you, segment. Man. Okay. Good. <clears throat> you want me to produce this show? You get what you get. You oh, don't throw a fit. What a what true statement. <laughs> All right. So, but you're going to like this one. So we're continuing our like nerdy quiz uh, series. I did not do well in the last one. But you're going to do well in this one because you love this one because it's the X-Files. That's right. Bubba loves the X-Files. So here we go. Question number one. What is the name of the organization within the U.S. government which conspires with aliens? It's the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The FBI. No, it's not that. No? No. That conspires? In the, in the, in the show? Uh, <clears throat> man, it's been a You're going to kick yourself when you hear it. I, the, the Blue Man Group. The Syndicate? Oh. You should have known. known that one. Okay. This might not go very well. I don't well feel bad about okay. not knowing that one. What is the name of the cannibal mutant who appears in two early episodes of The X Files? Are you setting me up right now? Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Eugene Victor Toombs. You are setting me <laughs> up, lady. In front of my friends? What is the slogan on the poster in the basement office of Agent Mulder? Uh, the truth is out there. No. Get out! <laughs> are you kidding me right now? I want to believe. Oh, it's the same thing! <laughs> Besides being an FBI agent, Dana Scully also has what professional qualification? Oh, you know this. Uh, She's like a psychologist or... Close. Psychiatrist. She's a a medical doctor, says. (laughs) Was I close? That's a doctor. Psychiatrist? She has her doctorate. Listen listen to what you just said. Her profession is medical doctor. (laughs) If I just went up to... The person that we're talking about at the beginning of the show and was like, you're a medical doctor. She would be so mad at me. She'd be like, no, I'm I'm a very specific kind of medical. And it continued. Quiz. Okay. Okay. What happened to Agent Mulder's sister or Fox Mulder's sister? Is he an agent? He's not an agent. She was abducted by aliens. Allegedly. Um, she's a medical doctor. Get out. <laughs> Get no, she was. She was out. abducted by aliens. That I know. That's what got him into the whole thing. What are the name, the first names of the lone gunmen who oh often aid Mulder and Scully? The first names? Yep. The lone gunmen. Yep. 
This is too hard for you. Is now I a good time. Do, is now, now a good time to tell you. Now you're going to all of the X-Files. I've only seen it through one time. You were so deep in it, though. I've, uh, uh, just, just throw out some generic male names. Uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. <laughs> John. And Wayne. Richard. And Melvin. Oh, oh, okay. The lone gunman. These are the yeah. guys that have the radio station. It's not on there, but okay. See, oh, he's connecting the dots. Okay, what's the name of the FBI assistant director who helps Mulder and Scully throughout the series? The assistant director, Barack Obama. Walter Skinner. Oh, Skinner, I, it's, it's, it makes, I know that name. What? He's always smoking that oh, cigarette. You might know this one. What's the password on Fox Mulder's PC at home? <laughs> Freaking. <laughs> this, you have to actually be an X-Files fan for this X one. X would have deleted this <laughs> quiz. His password is uh, password. The truth is out there. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> Spaceship. His, his sister's name. Trust no one with a number one. <laughs> All caps. At least it's alphanumeric. Okay, who temporarily replaces Mulder as Scully's partner? Gosh, <laughs> the slot I don't know his name. <laughs> it's uh, the Bernard. Same, it's the same as one of the other names. The first name is Skinner. <laughs> it's Barack Obama. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> John Doggett. Oh my. Gosh, who okay. cares? I think you've gotten zero of these. <laughs> I got one, didn't I? You, you got one. I, I got the one about Mulder. <laughs> Alien abduction. Okay, last question. Last one, best one, babe. Thank the Lord. <laughs> it wouldn't have gotten better if I had done this. <laughs> when Fox Mulder obtains a cassette containing information about the alien conspiracy, in what language is it encrypted? <laughs> ancient sumerian it's 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 it's, it's the only it's from it's, it's the it's, only recorded um translation uh of uh, hieroglyphs <laughs> i don't know it's it's um an american language an american language an american language how about english nope not that american language oh how much more american can you get one might ask Native American, perhaps. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say inner city street slang. Navajo, close. Uh, the original street slang. What even is this quiz? I don't know. I mean, I'm, it I'm was just the questions to you. Next week, most you're gonna random. like better because oh. it's Game of Thrones, so it's gonna be a little fresher. Also, side Targaryens. note. Side side note. Bubba thinks that the X Files and the Downton Abbey soundtracks the are basically the it's same. It's the same theme song, <laughs> and when when it happened to me. And I use that phrase very specific when it happened to me. Like an alien abduction. Yes. Mm -hmm. I was like, Anna. Mm -hmm. the, what is this? This is of uh, mutual interest. <laughs> the, is this the same song? And she's like, no, no it's not. No, it's totally not. And then I Googled it. And wouldn't you know it? It was like that time that you said, Anna, 
Natalie Portman they and Kira Knightley are the same person, person, and I can't tell them apart. They and are I was the exact like, same you person. You are dumb, lady. It's and not then, even just me. And then in I found Star Wars, out. I know other people could not tell them apart. I, I yeah, Kira Knightley actually plays Natalie Portman's double. Uh, you know, she plays Queen Amidala, and Natalie Portman plays it. Padme. Absolutely and I was like, it. oh, I guess they do look more alike than I gave you credit for. So maybe so Downton Abbey so, and the X-Files soundtracks, it's kind of the same thing where you, other people are also seeing mm-hmm. it. You know what I see and a lot of other people don't see? Zoe Deschanel and mm-hmm. um, that girl from Ghostbusters. What's her name? The comedian, the blonde comedian who plays the really weird Ghostbuster scientist uh, Kristen girl. Wick. Oh, no, no not, not Kristen, Kristen Wick. The, the other, other one. one. The one that's uh, in like the Verizon or the yep, whatever commercials. Yep. I literally thought it was Zoe Deschanel for the longest time in the movie. And I'm like, wow, she really is stretching her acting capabilities because I love Zoe Deschanel and I think she's hilarious and witty and all of that. But she plays the same character most yeah, of the time. Zoe Deschanel is Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. In, and I was like, she's, wow, she's very different in this and turns out not not the same person at all. You hadn't seen SNL. The recent, no, I yeah. hadn't. No, I hadn't. A no. lot of the people on that, yeah, uh, female SNL Ghostbusters. People. Yeah, it was well. SNL. Anyway, that's then I felt like a complete. Idiot. I should Ghostbusters quiz you, or like oh. pop culture. quiz You do you. need to pop culture quiz me on something. Game of Thrones Just only to, if we want to really lose that one. I'm back. trying to see. Let's see. There's no, spaceships. There's oh, you can do you can do the Lord of the Rings one on me. How's that sound? No, I want to do one you're going to be bad that at. That I'm bad at? Yeah. Well, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. Warhammer? Oh. Would, hey, don't worry. I have an entire Mechanic- internet. Mechanicals. I have an entire questions. internet. Don't you worry about What's that. What's mechanicals? <laughs> I don't even know what some of these things are. So anyway. Well, hey, we'll, we'll answer all those questions and more after a short we break. We will not. We will not do that. <laughs> we but will not answer them. What we will do is be right back with more of the Church Nerds Podcast. This week in Nerd History, I'll be back. Nerd History. That is just one iconic reference from the smash hit that made Arnold Schwarzenegger a sci-fi legend. The Terminator. Directed by James Cameron, The Terminator was a movie about a cyborg assassin sent back in time from 2029, holy crap, that's just eight years from now, to 1984 to kill Sarah Connor, who was played by Linda Hamilton, because her unborn son would one day save mankind from extinction by a hostile artificial intelligence in a post-apocalyptic future. It premiered on October 26th, 1984. Defying low pre-release expectations, The Terminator topped the U.S. box office for two weeks, eventually grossing 78.3 million dollars against a modest 6.4 million dollar budget. It is credited with launching Cameron's film career and solidifying Schwarzenegger's status as a leading man. The film's success led to a franchise consisting of several sequels, a television series, comic books, novels, and video games. In 2008, The Terminator was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry as culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. James Cameron claimed to have devised the premise of the film from a fever dream he experienced during the release of his first film 
film Piranha 2 The Spawning. But writer Harlan Ellison stated that he believed the screenplay was based on a short story and episode of The Outer Limits he had written entitled Soldier and threatened to sue for infringement. Orion settled in 1986 and gave Ellison an undisclosed amount of money and an acknowledgement credit in later prints of the film. Cameron tried to convince Orion not to settle, claiming that he did not plagiarize the story and even went as far as to offer to pay for any damages if they lost in court. However, because of a gag order, he was unable to tell his side of the story or talk about the case at the time, so to anyone paying attention to the debacle, they would most likely automatically assume the worst. But whatever the case of its origins, it remains one of the most beloved sci-fi films of all time. And its sequel, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, also receives high praise as one of the greatest sequels ever made. As for the rest of the film series, well, the last two movies were both intended to start a new trilogy of films in the series, and both of them had those plans canceled due to poor audience reception, even with James Cameron back partly at the helm for 2019's Terminator Dark Fate. Might be best for Hollywood to just say, the Terminator won't be back. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Hey there, and welcome back to Church Nerds. I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. Hey, guys. And we tried to um, pump up my pride a little bit in we the did. in-between. Took another short uh, Didn't X-Files, even take the whole thing. X-Files quiz. Didn't do a whole lot better. <laughs> did not do a whole lot better. I was like, surely you're not that bad at answering questions about the X-Files. No, you are. I'm so yeah, sorry. I, I don't know. I just overestimated you. Hey, I just think you're wonderful, and sometimes I overestimate you, I guess. To be, hey, to be fair, I want everybody I don't to know. I overestimate you. I just want to just estimate, estimate you. estimate me. Anna decided I was good at the X-Files. I <laughs> never once said, well, well. I just know <laughs> you that? love the X-Files, but apparently I you don't love the do X-Files like love you love The Office. The X-Files. I never once said I loved The X-Files. You don't love The X-Files? No. No. Is this a not show in that quiz and the second <laughs> quiz that I take that I don't love it? If I said that I loved you and that I couldn't answer jack or squat about you and our relationship, would you believe that I loved it? Next week is the quiz. The quiz to top, top. <laughs> you having a stroke over there? <laughs> to top, top, how, how. It's been a long day already. Our topic is me. I, I'm going to be the quiz topic, I think and we're going to find out how much you know about me. I think I would do me. well on that one. I don't think I would do well on that one. That would be not a fair quiz. You know what you missed? Can you edit out my stutter? Never. Edited you know, out. You know what you missed? What? We're going to talk a little bit about LTNCon, then we're going to get on with okay. what we're doing. At LTNCon, Chris brought a game called The Best Friend Game. And then he, I want to play this game. He put me <gasps> up against Matt. Okay, is this where all of the chatter about Gara being his best friend or not being his best friend? So he played the game with with Gara. Chris played the game with Gara on his Sunday stream. Okay, <clears throat> and so he's like, "I'm bringing this to LTNCon. I'm putting Matt and Bubba because I want to play this game. All all of the <clears throat> streamers should have to answer these with their about their spouse. Uh, okay, yeah, well, I would do way better with you. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and so like. I was missing some softballs. Uh-huh. I mean, softballs. Like, who's Matt's 
Well, but you guys know each other really well in certain contexts. Mm -hmm. But Matt, like, (laughs) he has been into a lot of strange things over the years. That's what hung me up. And it's stuff that it's like, we've only known him for, what, five? That's what hung me up. So they were like, who's Matt's favorite band? And I was like, it's going to be some obscure. Neutral Milk Hotel. How? I don't even know what that is, but that was a perfect guess because I was like, it's going to be some obscure ska See, now I think garage you, you, band. You might not. Um, uh, Neutral Milk Hotel, that's a, it is a band, but I was making a joke from Parks and Rec when she, they're like, who's Andy's, who's April Lynn's favorite band? And Andy's like, uh, my band. And she's like, Neutral Milk Hotel. <laughs> no, I, I don't have that in my memory banks. Oh, okay. I have I have office stuff that deep. Uh-huh. I don't have park stuff I'm, that deep. I'm the Parks and Rec you one. You can be the yeah yeah. When we go on um, celebrity uh, podcast you hosting wanna, couples, if you want to do a quiz for me about Parks and Rec, I'm here hey, for it. I'm trying to tell you a story, lady. Okay, don't make go. this about you. Best okay? friend quiz. So I I end up you know saying I don't remember what I said. Whatever it was, it was completely wrong. <clears throat> and Chris is like, you're overthinking it. And I'm like, oh, I know. I, I but now, I'm in the hole. Uh-huh. I can't. I can't get out. Uh-huh. There is no up. There is uh-huh. just more of the hole. Yeah. And so the answer was Bob. Bob Marley and the Whalers. <sighs> of course it is. Of Darn course it. it is. Bob Marley. But on the flip side, he said that my favorite restaurant, my favorite like fast food restaurant to eat at, was Taco Bell. Ew. And I was like, ew. Do Not we even kn- Taco do we know box? each other? No. Why would he know Taco Box? I'm just saying, if it's Taco anything, it's going to be Taco Box. He doesn't know Taco Box. That's in two what cities. What is your fa- Hold on. I mean, like, your favorite or where you eat the most? Just Panda uh, Express. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And that's what I told him. I was like, dude, it's Panda all day, every day. I could eat there. I'll, I'll go right now if you want to go. Uh-huh. We'll shut this podcast down. We'll just yep. go to Panda Express. Yep. Um, and so, like... It, a lot of that went on and then people were voting in the comments. There was a poll going on. Um, who do you think is going to be the best friend? Because whoever gets the most answers correctly is the best. And nobody friend. voted for you. Not was it a that single game? person. It was that game. Oh, Not one person. Got it. Cause okay. See, I saw a lot of clips yes, and I have no context for the clips. That's what it was. I, I get it. He okay. beat me by one, by the way. I was just Matt like to did? say he beat me by one. Oh, and so that doesn't feel like a landslide vote justifies no. beating by one. But they I were did correct. say though that if I had a vote, I would also vote for Matt. <laughs> but it's still, it's the principle of the matter. Uh, okay. Well. Hey. Yes. D- friendship aside, Halloween is very close. This is Halloween. Yes. Okay. Halloween is coming up this weekend. Woo woo! Big spoopy scary i wanted the name of this episode to be spoop your pants spoop your pants <laughs> but or i spooked my pants I, but anna has a better idea and you'll see what the title is when it comes out oh well um, because i'm okay. a, i'm an infant i'm a toddler uh we have been having discussions with our son about cheap laughs and it's kind of funny because you're kind of the king of the cheap laugh sometimes but this was <laughs> so he it's learns a, it's it. a pun 
It's oh, a yes. pun. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not going super deep with this right now. We're going to get pretty deep later, but... Yeah. In, in our next segment, we have Jacqueline Parrish, mm-hmm. who's, who joins so us. So excited about that. Awesome. But I just wanted to talk about some Halloween plans for right now. Plans? Uh, Yeah. What are you wearing for Halloween? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm supposed to... I, I, I'm. I've been ordered to have a Halloween costume for oh, free play. Oh no! <gasps> like in two days from when we're recording this. Yes, you're gonna have to pay so much money for a Halloween costume, but you know where you can go. Well, you can go to the Goodwill. That's where I got my last one. You could just wear your last one. We had that one. That's lazy. Miss Lollipops has actual Halloween costumes, but they are very overpriced. Yeah. Like 60 to $80, which I just like can't with that for Halloween costumes. It's too much money. I wanted to get this costume that I found that's a two people costume for us, uh-huh. obviously. <clears throat> uh, and it's a giant nerds package because we're the church nerds and i thought it would be funny (laughs) it would have been funny but But um, then you didn't you immediately didn't you sent it to me and you're like oh hey i didn't because again 80 dollars and do you can you imagine how difficult it would be to wrangle pj when we are literally wearing the same Mm -hmm. costume like a two-headed monster yeah that's not happening. Maybe next year, mm-hmm. but not this year. Not happening this year. Uh, we'll I also see. don't have a costume. I, we we have costumes for our children, and I wanted to be super matchy, and for a while we were going to, and then it turned out that we weren't because everybody wanted to go with their own idea, which is fine. But uh, the result is that you and I are going mm-hmm. as ourselves. We're going to go as our kids' parents. <laughs> and so That's boring. This may be like a three-hole punch gym situation. And this is... I, every year, Matt and Aaron just really like bring it with They're the costumes. And I'm like, I have so much FOMO, but in the end, I, I just don't have what it takes. I don't, I don't have it. I don't have any of the FOMO when it comes to that because I'm not, I, I, I don't enjoy like even at conventions, I don't enjoy cosplay. Like it's, I don't look down on I it. Do I just don't enjoy talk it. About Cosplay. Well, it does cosplay. Every week, I stumble over my words for some reason. Liddy, you say a lot of words. I do. You're bound to screw most of them up. Okay. Well, um, favorite Halloween snacks: candy corn, yay or nay? Uh, I'm not as yay on candy corn as you are. I love candy corn. I don't know what people are talking about when they say it's the grossest candy. It is not. It's like you're having a conversation with yourself because I just said I'm not as into it as you are, which implies that you do like candy corn. I like it. I haven't bought any. I like those little candy corn pumpkins. Yeah? Yeah. Those little, little wax pumpkins. Why I'm always disappointed with what comes in Halloween baskets. I like to just buy my own Halloween candy and just eat it. That seems way easier than going and rolling the dice, doing all of that walking, rolling the dice on the what candy or toothbrushes you're going to get from people's houses mm-hmm. when you could just buy a bag of Snickers and eat it at home. Is it not cheaper to have somebody else pay for it? Because I think that's kind of the magic of Halloween. <laughs> Mm. 
It is cheaper, but you get so so much weird stuff. Not if you hit that house that gives away full candy bars. We haven't found that house yet. I'm sure that house is out there. It's out there. The truth is out there. We run this, well, that's not on a poster, I'll tell you that. <laughs> we run the same Halloween route every year. I actually need to text some friends about where we're going to go. And our children are like, let's let's trick or treat in our neighborhood. And we're like, no, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. no, thank you. No, thank you. you. you know, <clears throat> I think that will be a disappointing experience on many levels. Oh, absolutely. I don't think that people stay home and buy candy because there's a lot of reasons people might not trick or treat in our neighborhood. Not the least of which is that our roads roads are unpaved and they're full of blind curves and yes. people driving too fast. And it, you'd be taking your life into your own hands. Not, a, not enough street lights. Yeah. <clears throat> well, okay. Watching any um, Halloween movies? Any Halloween movie plans? I am watching most of them without you. I approve of this. Yeah. Yes, because, this sounds like an excellent plan. Because I do, guys, I have a confession to make. Um, Actually, I don't want you watching no, those scary no, movies, if no. I'm being honest. Hey, hey. But I definitely don't want to watch hey, them myself. Um, you're somebody's you mom, but you're not my mom. You better listen to them with headphones on, because I am not about I, hearing all those creepy, lady, scary sounds. Hey, and like the I'm trying to talk to you dripping. right now, lady. I do listen to them with headphones on. How many of them have you seen me watching? Zero. You're welcome. Yeah. How scary is Midnight Mass? Not. <clears throat> I think I'm interested in watching it, but I, th- I think I'm you would also like it. Afraid that I'm going to be afraid. I think that I have pre horror anxiety. Is that a is that a thing? If you have it, then yes, it is. <laughs> uh, I think that Midnight Mass is. Uh, so there's Haunting of Hill House. Okay, we talked about that. Then there's the Haunting of Bly Manor. You didn't watch that one. Mm-mm. I think you would have done okay with that one. Um, and then there is this one. And all three of those, you know, Midnight Mass, all three of these are by the same, um, you know, director and group and all that stuff. Has a similar cast, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. This one is the most, like, straightforward PG-13 in the best kind of way. Well, I watched, and I'm kind of bleeding into my next question here. I watched one of the Freddy Krueger movies with you. Uh, Yeah, the new one. Yeah, and it wasn't that bad for me because it was really less about like... It wasn't a slasher film. No, it was was a lot more like psychological. And I I can appreciate like a psychological thriller. Okay. I'm not real into like... Okay. The new one focused a lot more on the why, not the what. Absolutely. Okay. So, what was the first horror movie you ever saw? Oh, I remember and this. And it's like I'm quizzing you. I'm going to answer some of these myself later, but. I remember this vividly. It was um, uh, Child's Play, uh, which. Don't even know what it is. Chucky. Oh, yeah. That's why nobody knows, because nobody calls it by its actual name. They always go, uh-huh. oh, Chucky. You guys watch Chucky? <laughs> I've just seen the little dog running around in the costume with (laughs) the knife. Which you won't let me buy. No, no, absolutely not. I love that costume. I don't want our children to have questions about where it comes from and then end up thinking it's a great movie for them to watch because I want, I, because I'm so afraid of horror movies, I like am afraid that our children are going to be afraid of horror movies. But in my defense, when we watched the first Harry Potter, they were like, 
Ah. That movie is kind of freaky. I mean, we watched it almost at midnight. I mean, like, uh, so yeah, the day, head coming out of the back only. of his mm-hmm. head. Um, <laughs> Naomi was like, I thought that it was just going to be a wart. <laughs> <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> you misinterpreted um, that. I don't know. That might have been the first horror movie that I watched. What? No, 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 no. Was it? We watched Paranormal Activity. That can't be the first one you saw. Can it? Can it not? Really? I never watched a horror movie until I was with you. Really? Oh, never. Never, never, never. Never. Nope. Mm Mm-mm. I saw very brief moments of horror movies, but like actually sat down to watch one. Absolutely not. What about the man from Snowy River? (laughs) (laughs) No, that one. No. Um, Yeah, I I would say Paranormal Activity was probably my first horror movie to watch. And it was. I'm sorry that was your first one. Very scary. Yeah, I'm really sorry. And we lived in a house with like stairs. Where, nope, 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 nope. Okay, so what movie scared you the most when you were a child? Um, movie that scared me the most when I was a child. Um, man, so many of them, actually. Uh, because, like, things are different now. Like, things, things are scary terror and fear and dread and feel like movies are scarier than they used to be Oh, 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. i believe that but i think it's all contextual right because like back then special effects were bad nothing they had somebody it was all that like projectile vomiting uh yeah or somebody on on somebody's face somebody squeezing a chocolate syrup with red food color in it <laughs> and you could see the hand on the side of the screen sometimes squeezing the back like, but still in the moment you watch these things and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> this thing's coming after me next. Mm-hmm. That's what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say, my brother was talking about this on his stream yesterday, actually. I would say that the, the movie that scared me the most as a kid, and I mean like actually like scared me, instilled fear into me and made me question where I went and when I went in my house mm. um, was Candyman. Mm-hmm. And Candyman, there there are some scenes. I'm not going to get into anything. Don't worry about it. It's not important. Um, there are there are a lot of scenes, uh, or one major scene in the bathroom, and I was like, "Well, I'm just never going to go to the bathroom again. <laughs> mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. problem. I'll hold it." Um, and you know, like I, I have these rational, irrational fears. However, you want to you know, think about it. That like if if I think too hard about something that I will see something, you know, like the brain is a really weird thing mm-hmm. and we don't fully understand it. So like if, if I've, you know, especially like when I was a kid, if I'd been spooping myself like crazy watching all these stupid movies and stuff like that, I would just like not look in the mirror or look down a hallway or like whatever. Um, yeah. And so like when I say all of them, I mean, you have to, you have to understand I, I ingested so much of the horror genre when I was a kid. And I, when I, I say when I was a kid, like when I was uh, probably from um, beginning of middle school all the way through high school, I watched so much of that stuff. And so I have a pretty vast knowledge yeah. uh, of like all, all the way from like A movies to C movies. 
Because um, your stepdad was really into horror. He loved him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he loved him. We would get that dude horror movies for Christmas. And so. Uh, yeah. <sighs> and it's kind of dicey. I I am not. Uh, there's a the way that I was raised, which is um, in a household that very firmly believes in like spiritual warfare, like very um, Frank Peretti style kind of um, spiritual warfare. And I'm not ready to say I like there are some things that I'm like, I think that went a little far, but then I'm not, I'm not ready to dismiss certain things even still um, just because of experiences. Um, But there is that certain amount of it. It's like, well, are we, are you, <laughs> is this really good for my mind? Yeah. Um, and it's not a, like there's the slasher and there's the gore, but there's also tends to be like a lot of nudity mm-hmm. and different things yep. in horror movies because they're just going for shock. Yeah. No matter what. And I'm like, mm, mm, this isn't great. But then sometimes yeah. they're like, it doesn't take all of those things to make a really good scary movie. And then sometimes we're also scared of silly things. And this is what I, what I wanted to ask about <laughs> is if there was something that scared you as a kid that maybe shouldn't have scared you, but for some reason it did like mine would definitely be the princess bride was, <laughs> I probably started watching it too young, but like there are so many moments in the princess bride that I was like, Oh my gosh, the the the, the eels in the beginning, the shrieking eels, the R-O-U-S's, and the pit, the pit of despair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. For me, no. No, nothing no, scared I, you. I, that I've, you know? I've been I've been thinking about it since. How about how old were you when Independence Day came out? Uh, Independence Day did not scare me. That moment where the alien, like they're trying to see, they're like, what's happening in the room? And then the alien slams the scientist against the glass and he's like using his body to speak through him. I was like, I had a blanket and that thing went (laughs) went over my head. That was so scary. Let's, let's be real. There, there is a difference between being scared and being jump scared. Okay. (laughs) Jump scares almost always get me. And I, I, I'm sorry. I make. I make no bones about that, right? Like in, in Midnight Mass, those are some of the things that they're like jump scares, right? See, now I don't want to watch it anymore. But it's, they're, they're fleeting, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, then I need to just watch it in the daytime while you're holding my hand. You should probably watch in the daytime, yes. Uh, and I would love to watch it again. I thought it was fantastic. Um, but I, as far as like things that like instilled, instilled this kind of like fear in me, like really scared me. Um, thing, anything can scare somebody in the moment, right? Like that's, that's why we get such a kick out of, you know, popping around a corner when somebody's coming around. Like I do love doing that to you, but I stopped doing it because yeah, I, I was yeah. afraid I was going to get punched. <laughs> well, and, you and so, did not think it was funny. Like I used to do that with my brothers and they thought it was funny and you do not think it's funny. You just get angry. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't like not being in control of the situation. Um, so I, for me, I don't think so. I look back now on all of those old horror movies and I'm like, those are the dumb things. Those are the dumb things I was scared of that I shouldn't be scared of because they're not scary. Um, 
Mm-hmm. They are, and all of it has to do with like quality and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm probably super desensitized. But the things, oh, without a doubt, the things that still scare me, the things that, that that scare me now, are the things that you were talking about before, like the the spiritual warfare stuff, the stuff that I would put into a category of real and plausible, mm-hmm. um, and in some cases, probable. Um, you know, and so that stuff, even as an adult, sometimes I just got to go, I have had my full of this. I'm not yeah. going to finish this movie just yet. And I think when I watched Paranormal Activity, and we're going to, sorry, we're actually going deep here for just a second. I think the thing that bothered me the most, and I know that this was planned, is that that family tried everything. That family tried everything, and they even tried the right things. And nothing worked. And in the end, it was like, yeah, this is here to stay. Yeah, You can think that it, you can get rid of it, but it's never leaving because it's forever and yeah. uh, until it until it consumes you. Um, and that the hopelessness, like the terror of hopelessness. It, and that just like that's how they end it. They just. It, there is never any hope and that's the end. Yeah. Um, I hated that because this part of me that like is like, I want everything to resolve and I want everything to be happy. And like, even if it's like little shop of horror where it's like, oh, in the end you see this little baby plant. Um, yeah. That's not, that's, that wasn't quite, a, it's almost more like funny. Um instead of like this family is living in peril and terror and fear every yeah. si- single second. And it's never going to let up. Um, that kind of unresolve was just like, man. Yep. That's yep. legitimate. Like, like again, that's fear. Like that's, I would say things that maybe I should have been more scared of that. I wasn't, I, I actually didn't find the alien movies that scary, even though they're technically like some people consider them to be horror. I I, mean, I watched all of them and maybe it's because I was older when I watched them, but I was like, it was just more fun, like sci-fi, a little scary than like, oh no, aliens are, I, yeah. I think it is. It's because you're not afraid that it's going to come and actually get you in the dark. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, it, it's interesting, you know, the, these, these lines that are drawn in the sand almost by you know, every person about what is or is not horror or scary or, um, you know, what, what instills that sense of fear or whatever. Like we're mm-hmm. in the next segment, we talk with Jacqueline Parrish and um, she is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just so freaking smart. And she wrote a paper on horror. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get to talk with her a little bit about that. And she gives us a definition for horror that is her definition for horror mm-hmm. um, that kind of changes the landscape for me a little bit on how I see the genre. Yeah. Um, and so you're going to want to stick around. Um, well, don't go anywhere because we're going to be right back with her. We're going to we're gonna dip, dip up. Dip, 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 dip. I was just scatting. I was just scatting. <laughs> I, was, I, I had a little, I felt like jazz. And so I just I went with it. I feel so much better right now. <laughs> like I was saying, Don't go anywhere, and we'll be back with more of the Church Nerds Podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Hector Mirai, 
and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So this past weekend, I did a Comic-Con in northern Georgia. And this was the second round of a Comic-Con franchise some friends of mine started a few years ago. Now, when they started their franchise, they went swinging hard. They got the biggest convention center in Savannah. They got like top shelf A-list guests. They got nice hotels. They, they did everything that said, hey, we're kicking the door in and we're coming in fully established. The only problem is the show didn't go well. And I'm not saying this in any criticism. This is from their own discussion with me. The show didn't go well. And it ended up costing their family a very large amount of money. And it was a really, really humbling experience. Now, that was 2019. Fast forward to this weekend. They had their second show. And I'm proud of them for even having a second show. High five. Round of applause. And they had their second show you know, about 40 minutes north of Savannah inside a tiny convention center that's basically the gym for the county schools. And instead of having like 300 vendors or something, they had 30. And they did a much smaller show on purpose because they realized they tried to start too big their first go round. And literally, y'all... 30 minutes into the smaller show as an artist vendor I doubled what I did at their big show in 2019 financially and what we need to learn is you don't always have to go big to be faithful and to do things right Zechariah 410 says do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand Y'all, we don't have to start and be fully accomplished with our first steps. God is delighted in us when we start small. Just the simple fact that we're starting and we're taking faithful steps forward. Don't feel like you have to already have arrived. Just start taking some small steps. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. Hey there, and welcome back to Church Nerds. Once again, my name is Bubba. I'm Anna. It's a good guess. <laughs> and right now in this segment, we are joined with Jacqueline Parrish of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And that's a mouthful, so we'll just say swivets. That's, that's how we're going to do that. 
Um, Jacqueline <laughs> was one of our speakers, and she was for me. She was a standout speaker when we did LTN Con um, a couple weeks ago, and just absolutely love what she had to say about D and D and how D and D helps us build authentic communities. And Jacqueline has actually written for us on our site at lovethynerd.com about that very thing, like how Christians can use. D&D. And I don't even like to say it like that because it's not like we're using it to convert people, but it's, it's a tool. It is it is a thing that we do and while we are doing it, we can also do spiritual things. Um and so Jacqueline, hey, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, happy to be here. Yeah. Annie, I'm really you brought excited. her on for a very specific reason. I did. Well, and we've never had a podcast guest before. So this None is a, this is a no. first for us and I'm really excited Please. about it. Um Please. I so Jacqueline is part of our Facebook community mm-hmm. and um, we've got Halloween coming up. Um, and there was this one day in the um, Facebook community where Jacqueline actually asked a question um, of the community, which was, and I can't remember how you phrased it, but it was about heist movies. Um, yep. Cause you enjoy heist movies and kind of, is there anything redeeming about heist movies? I don't remember. <laughs> Do you remember what you said? Something along the lines of like, give give me a biblical foundation for why I'm not sinning by watching heist movies. <laughs> Just That's a real right. light and frothy conversation. Yeah, yeah, and it gained a lot of traction. Lots of people were uh, commenting it on it. It was very fun to to read. Um, yeah. And in that, hold like, on, where did you land on that? Like, what was the? <laughs> Oh yeah, I, that's, I'll write that paper later. Some of the, some of the key, uh, I say that jokingly, but you know, it's kind of yeah, you're going to do it. Don't act like you want. Uh, we can't wait to publish well, it. It's a, uh, well, I think I landed on with that was around the themes of, uh, we really, one of the main appeals to just human humanity is the idea of having diversified gifts and diversified skills that come together and meet a goal. That's very satisfying. Also, a lot of heist movies involve bad guys getting theirs in mm-hmm. a context where yeah. the normal processes of the law would let them uh, get away with their evil deeds. The TV show Leverage is a great example okay. of that. And so those are kind of the two main directions of A, community and cooperation, and B, justice when it seems like justice is impossible. So that's, that's where I would start my research. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, while I was reading through all these comments, you actually posted a link to an article that you wrote, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, um, called Holy Horror. And, Mm -hmm. and you were talking in that article about your thoughts about, um, sort of why people are fascinated with horror. And I read it and I was like, wow, this is so interesting because I definitely did not watch horror growing up. I not still don't watch horror bit. growing up. I grew up in one of those households where it was like, if you have a horror movie on the shelf, you are inviting Satan into your home. <laughs> and it's hard, it's for, me to, for, it's hard for me to shake that feeling sometimes, partially because it. I just find most horror to be highly disturbing and I get nightmares and like mm-hmm. all sorts of it's it's really like it's bad news for me personally it and so <laughs> to the core yeah. it, it really it, does it truly does but and so like especially when I started like I came into the love thy nerd community well it was the game church community back when when we first started yeah. up um 
And there are people obviously who are like, I love horror. Horror mm-hmm. is the best. And even Bubba loved horror when we first got together. I cut my and teeth like, on horror. I mean, you I can... better not ever bring those movies into our home. <laughs> and um, I think we accidentally had to watch Saw 4 one time. And I was like, nope, oh, nope, no. nope, nope. I can't, oh, I can't. that is such a good story, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> we were at a drive-in. Jacqueline and oh, um, like a drive-through th- drive-in theater. Yeah, and so and the double, Wait, it was that, double that featuring. That is the start of a horror movie. <laughs> right it was there. double featuring <laughs> with the Social Network. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Well, two back to back. It was not a good flicks, pairing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I work in social media. Yeah, and you get it. You understand that, what's up. So true. I'm laughing to keep from crying. Well, while we were while we were watching Saw Four, um, somebody thought that our car was their car and opened my car door and tried to sit on me and I just about died. And I left yeah. the car and I went and sat in the restaurant because I could not even, and I read my Bible. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so you just anyway, can't, you can't write it, you know? So obviously when I read your perspective, sort of in defense, I don't know if it's in defense. I'll let you, I'll let you talk yeah, about it. Okay but yeah. I thought it was just a very interesting perspective and I wanted you to share about it. Well, uh, what I talk about in that article, and I've written more extensively in a couple other publications, is exploring the idea of why humans enjoy horror. Because it is a very odd thing. Mm. We, we like horror. Now I say we. Enough people in the human race enjoy art horror uh, that we can't really call it deviant because there's too many people. Deviant mm. is about the percentage of people um, that deviate from the norm. And when your norm, when there's 50% of the people in the room who like something, you can't really call it deviant. It might mm. be wrong, mm. but it's not deviant. Hey, so I, I got fascinated with that question in the course of research for some other paper. And I stumbled across a book called The Philosophy of Horror or Paradoxes of the Heart by a guy named Noel Carroll. And he he examines that same question of why do humans like horror? It's, it's by definition an unpleasant experience. You would think this is something that we would avoid yet. We continue. We just keep making horror movies and we just keep watching them. And Stephen King just keeps selling books. Yeah. He needs why, why do we want this? Like yeah. by definition, this is something we should avoid, but we don't. Why do we enjoy horror? So the first thing that I wanted to dig into and felt we need to answer in that research was a what is horror because horror as a genre and as a sensation is not exactly this it's a particular kind of fear um you get scared in star wars when vader walks into the room you get scared in lord of the rings when you see the orcs and stuff Mm -hmm. but that is a different kind of fear that both you and the characters in the movie have for characters like Freddy Krueger or the mm. Blair Witch. And what I landed on is that horror specifically is not just our reaction to physical danger or it's our reaction to existential danger. Horror is what we feel when we are confronted with something that destroys our framework for reality. Think about the difference between Hermione Granger and the Blair Witch. Both of them <laughs> have the same job title. They're mm-hmm. witches. Yeah. But they function completely different within their respective universes of their stories because Hermione's world 
has plenty of space for what she is. Hermione's world has witches. She fits right into the worldview and to the framework for reality that that particular story has. The Blair Witch doesn't. The characters in the Blair Witch are being confronted with something that does not play by the rules of reality that they understand. Horror is what we experience when we are confronted with something that trashes our worldview, that breaks our conceptual frameworks for how reality is supposed to work. That's what horror is. So you can have uh, body horror, which is often breaks the framework of what should be possible or permissible with the physical body. You have moral horror, which is mm. a lot of the serial killer mm-hmm. horror movies where mm-hmm. there's nothing supernatural happening necessarily, but the horror is in the moral deviation that you're confronted with. So A, that's what I would say horror is. Uh, the way Noel Carroll puts it is art horror is the price we're willing to pay for the revelation of that which is impossible and unknown. And from that, I would argue that the reason we enjoy horror and we uh, desire that, that strange thrill of being scared is that we desire as humans to have an infinitely expanding worldview. Now, I would argue as a Christian, that's because the creator of reality is infinite. And no matter how much we expand our conceptual framework, we will never be able to completely contain God. Mm. And so our, our experience as humans ought to be our, I think the word is Weltanschauung, uh, our worldview should be constantly stretching, constantly expanding in order to contain more of God with the realization that it will never stretch far enough to contain him. So we desire horror because we desire to see that which is unseeable. We desire to understand that which is uh, incomprehensible. We want to be able to express that which is inexpressible. And it comes out kind of twisted and sideways in horror because we're willing to look at things that are terrifying and that trash our worldview because at the end of the day, we long to have our worldview constantly expanding, uh, not destroyed necessarily, I would say as a Christian, like the way you stretch something is you hold on to it very tight and you pull very hard. So the experience of horror as a healthy thing is not about like deconstructing our worldview. It's about holding as tightly as possible to what we know and stretching it so that it will contain something new. And so that is why, that is what I would say horror is. There are a couple are uh, there are a couple scholars that would agree with me on that, namely Noel Carroll, and that is why I would say we enjoy horror. Horror. Yeah. Okay. Does that well, change you, Anna? Do you want to watch horror movie with me? <laughs> Not quite. No, Not almost, quite. We almost got the Jackal. Um, <laughs> well, so I think that you mentioned that you didn't necessarily grow up watching horror either. <laughs> um, do you now? Do you watch horror movies now? I, I don't actually. You still it's don't? really funny. Really? It's really funny. Okay. I, I, okay. I would say horror is like coffee. There are a myriad of ways you can consume coffee. You can have it black. You can have it with cream. You can have cappuccinos, frappuccinos, whatever those are. You can put it in a milkshake, <laughs> top it with whipped cream and call it a caramel macchiato. Mm. You can have straight espresso, Americanos, 
I like how much coffee we're talking yeah, well, about. I, right this now. is going oh, to yeah, yes. make me really Go. happy. You can you can <laughs> even like put espresso in the batter of a cake of a chocolate cake. Yes, and, it and that makes it better. Flavors. Unless you have a friend who hates coffee, I've seen that happen. <laughs> yeah, very sad. <laughs> so what? I, on that, I would say like horror in the same way comes in lots of different flavors: cosmic uh-huh. horror, gothic horror, body horror, science fiction horror, short stories, poems, music, movies, TV shows, and not every not every particular form is going to be for everyone. I actually prefer my horror in short stories. Mm. So like, like summer camp of, um around the bonfire type of situations or Yeah, or or uh I do enjoy H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, I enjoy Poe. I think mm. you could argue Poe is not horror. I think you could argue he's terror, but that's another article altogether. What? There's but, a difference? Yeah, that's, a good, that's exactly a good what I was story. picking up on when oh you were talking, gosh. like the difference between horror yeah. and maybe even fear or dread or mm-hmm. loathing or like all these different nuanced shades of gray. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why that's why there are there's so much art that kind of there's so much horror that kind of leaks into other genres. That's why you'll see movies like Alien that sort of are somewhere between horror and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see shows like Criminal Minds that are somewhere between mystery and horror. Yeah, uh, I had to stop watching that. <laughs> yes, same, same. Then you have shows, what's fascinating about the show Supernatural, not least of which is it's got a cosmology that is just a trip, but <laughs> what's fascinating about, at least about the first five seasons of Supernatural, is what's interesting about that is it's horror tropes of vampires mm-hmm. and werewolves and demons and yeah. stuff. And most of the characters, the sort of bystanders, the red shirts, if you will, yep. of the show all relate to the horrific things the way you would in a horror movie. They're shocked. They scream. They do the whole fall down and crawl away backwards thing. They respond to these horrific things the way you would if you were in a horror movie. They are horrified. Mm-hmm. Sam and Dean, their worldview has room for this stuff. Yeah. They don't respond. They don't respond to what they encounter like it's a horror movie. It's more like action-adventure to them because while this is scary, they have room with it within their whole worldview. It, it's frightening, it is mm-hmm. dangerous, but it is not horrific. Mm-hmm. So I actually, uh, I did not grow up watching horror movies because I am a parade cat. <laughs> As a kid, I could get I could get nightmares from a commercial. It's sad. Yeah, man. Yeah. And so... We got kids what, like that. I, ha- yeah, I, I am a that. person like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I enjoy I enjoy a good horror short story. Uh, Stephen King's are darn good, and uh, so are H.P. Lovecraft. Although, did he you has, ever read uh, the complications of his own? What I would consider children's stories, but these probably would still scare the pee out of me because I think about it when I drive. I think about a very specific one when goosebumps. I try. Goosebumps? Not you- goosebumps. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, like scary stories to tell in the dark. See, I know exactly what you're talking about. And no, I haven't. I haven't actually read that. Actually, I think I would enjoy that. Okay. I would read that. I think I they got, made it into a TV happened. show. Mm, I, I, so like some mystery stories are that way a little bit too. Yep. And I can remember mm-hmm. my sister had this book full of like short mystery stories. 
And there mm-hmm. was this one about this nurse that like somebody ends up locked in a house with and they think she's just a nurse, but it turns out that she's actually a serial killer. And I still and I read it over and over again. <laughs> and it was so scary. But I can't yeah. go much farther than that. Like I think I saw yep. maybe two or three minutes of I Know What You Did Last Summer and was haunted for years. So we watched, we watched oh, far more um we watched the haunting of Hill House. And so, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, no, 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 the, 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 the most recent remake. So oh, okay, okay. there's Thanks, a Haunting okay. of Hills See, House, again. Haunting of Bly Manor, and then the most recent one, um, Midnight Mass, which is absolute fire. I, I, I recommend. And everybody says it's so good. And I just can't because of this story. Anyway, so so we go back to Haunting of Hill House and we're watching <laughs> it. And that, that show is designed from tip to tail, subliminally, mm-hmm. subliminally and otherwise, to, mm. to terrify you, to 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 implement horror in the farthest reaches of your brain well, and also the closest reaches was, of your brain. Like I liked the story mm-hmm. because I was like, I was very interested in the story, but yeah. the jump scares, like well, I just couldn't hang. There was one, there was one <laughs> night, Jacqueline, we were watching, the, we were watching the show and I don't even remember what the episode was. It doesn't matter. It just it doesn't, doesn't matter. Nope. Um, we had just brand new litter kittens and not brand new they were to the crawling everywhere stage new enough that they're making (laughs) a lot of noise and so what ended up happening is as we're sitting around and watching this and like we're in bed waiting for all the jump scares to happen the cats are running across the bed and they're crawling up the curtains and they're doing all sorts of stuff and then like no joke this is this is the freakiest thing of all of it right like this is the thing that sends it over the top is that there was there was a knocking in the show and the oh, no. window knocked the exact the same, same way uh, that night. I'm, and so Anna was like, I, shut it no, down. No, nope. we're done. No, nope. I'm out of here. Remember that thing that I said about inviting <laughs> Satan into your home? Sometimes I still She's like, we made him milk and cookies. <laughs> oh my so, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I, what, see, here's how all this happened is I was in a film studies class. And I had to write a paper on a movie. That was the assignment. Write a paper on a movie. Okay. And so I chose Cabin in the Woods uh, by Joss Whedon. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I wrote a, wrote a, a paper. <laughs> that I, I, <laughs> I wrote a paper on uh, how that movie critiques utilitarian philosophy and the horror genre, like you do. And <laughs> I, you know, just what do you do on the weekends? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, right. So I did that, and it was in the course of that that I got exposed to a lot of the um, scholarship around the horror genre. Books like Men, Women, and Chainsaws, books like, books like Noel Carroll's uh, uh, Paradoxes of the Heart, Philosophy of Horror. Mm-hmm. And it, it got me curious about the genre as an academic pursuit, and it was in studying it as a social phenomenon that I developed an appreciation for it while realizing that I'm much more of an espresso person when it comes <laughs> to horror, like one quick shot yep. and then I'm done or I get too jittery. And mm-hmm. so that's how I fell into this sort of bizarre hobby. Mm. Well, I've got, I've got two, two questions and Anna, I'm sorry we didn't get to any of your questions, but those no, are the we, I think we're good. Um, I've t- two, two quick questions for you. Uh, first of, first off, this is a hot topic mm-hmm. right now. Okay. Um, so, Nightmare Before Christmas, Halloween movie or Christmas movie? <laughs> I have heard, you know, this comes up every year. And uh, your question is tired. That's what she just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, just wait till you hear the paper she wrote on it. 
I, uh, oh God, don't tempt me. <laughs> I would say that, I would say that Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie for people who love Halloween. Uh, um, mm-hmm. And if you think about it, there's some very interesting stuff happening in that movie in conversation with what I would say constitutes the horror genre, namely one of the main experiences that sets the story in motion is Jack discovering something that he has no framework for mm-hmm. this. So he's horrified. Like the whole, it, it's, it's sort of like the, it's sort of like a positive horror mm-hmm. where he's confronted with something that breaks the bounds of what he thought was possible. And it ends up enriching while he ends up obviously realizing that Christmas land is not the place for him. His love of Christmas, in a way, enriches his love of Halloween. And mm. so, yeah, I'll write that paper later. <laughs> uh, secondly, um, how, in, in what ways, or are there ways um, that Christians can experience horror mm. without the, the deep-seated shame and guilt and... And inviting Satan into Yeah, house. yeah. And, and inviting just Satan into your home. Making, oh, yeah. making the devil milk. Living in sin. <laughs> I, uh, well, the, the main advice I'd give on that point is something I learned uh, from a guy named... Uh, David K. Noggle. He was the chair of the philosophy department at Dallas Baptist University, where I studied in my undergrad. And uh, he taught me, well, he taught all of us, like this was his thing. Uh, he taught us a different way of looking at reality. I had grown up with a idea of Christianity that I realized after I learned of him was very limited. I had what he would call a dualistic mindset in which I thought that the most important, the most important things you could do in life were all spiritual in nature. Mm. Basically the best things, how do I put that? Uh, Like the most important human pursuits are all the spiritual ones, reading your Bible, singing Jesus songs, um, Sharing the obviously sharing the gospel with people, yeah, singing, like that. praying, and, every and working other, your way to heaven. Yeah. Say, say again. Singing, praying, and working your way to heaven. Yeah, yeah, basically. That's, that's um, what and my all the other, used to say at my old church. <laughs> all the other um, human pursuits only existed to support that main pursuit. It's like, yeah, it's, it's sure it's lovely that you are that you are a businessman who makes money, but ultimately, like your whole point is to make money so that missionaries can do the things that actually matter. <laughs> and he would, it's really, uh, he called it dualism. It's really just microwaved Gnosticism. Christian uh, church does it every few hundred years. It's no big deal. Yeah. Um, and in that he taught us something different. He taught us to, he taught something that I will call cosmic redemption uh, from the biblical worldview and the way he described the biblical worldview was in terms of the narrative of creation, fall, redemption, and glorification. And the way he described it, and this is something I had never heard before my freshman year of college, was he really emphasized everything is created good, everything is fallen, everything 
is being redeemed and everything will be glorified in the, in the earth to come. And I had heard that, but he was the first one to look me in the eye and say, archaeology matters. Art matters. The mashed potatoes you eat for lunch have eternal significance. <laughs> and uh, it was the first time I, I, I had thought I was, I thought I was, I thought it was called a ministry, called to ministry for years, basically just because I thought that was the only way to lead a life of significance. He was the mm-hmm. first person to tell me things like you can write YA novels for the rest of your life and bring glory to God for all eternity. Mm-hmm. So with that as my foundation, my posture towards all art is to assume it is good on some level. Something about this thing is good. Something about this is expressing something good, true and beautiful. that was made by a human made in the image of God and I want to see what is good and true and beautiful about this. Mm. And so that's how I approach all art and I approach it. So I'm, I'm inclined to be kind to the art I experience, even when it's stuff like saw the second thing is directly about horror. It's a process. (laughs) It's a process. Uh, We, uh, the second, like from that, the thing that I, try to do is to listen to what the art is trying to say. What are you actually trying to tell me here? I may disagree with you and think you're wrong at the end of this conversation, but I want to hear what you're really trying to say. And Cabin in the Woods, for instance, it has some disturbing content in in it, some Mm -hmm. not safe for work content, Mm -hmm. but it has some very important things to say. And so that is the that is the first advice I would say if you want to partake of horror or really any art is to take the time to understand what art is really trying to say and be willing to hear the best version of what that artist is trying to communicate. Uh, now, realizing that when you do that, you will find yourself loving art that you didn't think you would like horror, but you will also probably find yourself disappointed in art you used to love i don't mm. really like the movie mcclintock anymore uh which makes me sad because i grew up watching it enjoying it it's a john wayne movie and uh i don't really enjoy it anymore because now that i've learned to listen to what it's actually saying it's saying some really wrong about uh <laughs> no not a john really, wayne movie no yeah it's super sexist and mm-hmm. really flippant about domestic violence and mm-hmm. uh pretty racist Mm-hmm. And I, there are good things that that story is telling, and I can still hear them. But I can also hear a lot of the stuff that, I'm, that I realize now is this is not good, true, or beautiful. But because I have learned to listen, I hear things that make me sad. And so mm-hmm. that's really what I would tell people: like, how do you engage the horror genre redemptively? Well, first of all, realize that everything is destined for redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, if we are in Christ, we are a new creation, and He is making all things new. And at the same time, take the time to understand what art is actually trying to tell you and be willing to, to see beauty where you didn't expect it and to see ugliness where you'd rather not. Mm. Ah, it's a whole nother podcast. It is. It's, <laughs> right really, it's really, really good. It's yeah. really good. Thank you. Thank you. I had a really good professor. In- <laughs> <laughs> well, you're getting all the credit right now. So, well, this has been awesome. Yeah. Um, 10 out of 10 would invite you on the show again. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, I win. Yeah. Um, well, 
Jacqueline, thank you so much for spending just a little bit of time with us today. And uh, where can people find you online? Okay. Uh, You can find me on... You can find me on Instagram and Twitter in particular at Jacqueline F. Parrish. J-A-C-L-Y-N-S-P-A-R-R-I-S-H. Now you're, you're saying F or S? S. 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 As in sarcasm. <laughs> sanctification. S, S as in the letter I'm saying. Got it. Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. Yep. Yep. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. And uh, everybody else, don't go anywhere because we'll be back with more of the Church Nerds Podcast. What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show. Hey there, and welcome back to Church Nerds. Once again, my name is Bubba. My name's Anna. And today we've got a nerdy recommendation for you. It's a big deal one. It's a huge deal, and that deal is Marvel Dice Throne. And if you've been around LTN for any stretch of period, that stretch of period of time of period of time's a construct anyway. Any stretch of time. If you've been around at all, how about that? Um, you will have heard us talk about Dice Throne probably ad nauseum. And you know what? Yeah, it's a little obnoxious sometimes. Sorry, not sorry. Avid fans, it is a great game. We love the game. We love the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are taking a huge step forward in that they have received a Marvel license, yeah. um, which is not just like, oh, you know, I know you can go to the dollar store and see, you know, Marvel napkins and all sorts of stuff. Uh, but this is so much different. Um, Marvel is stepping in and they're, you know, kind of overseeing this project and making sure that it falls in line with what the comics are and the MCU and all sorts of stuff. And so this is a fantastic step forward for the Dice Throne universe. And if you like Dice Throne. Four fantastic steps. Fantastic. Ooh, I don't know about that, honestly. (laughs) If if you like Dice Throne, this is good for Dice Throne long term. And if you like Marvel and have never played Dice Throne, get this game. This is going to be Awesome. I actually have a copy of it right here that Anna and I will be playing, um, Captain Marvel and Black Panther. Which also feels like a super big deal because it's not like out yet, out yet, right? It's not. No, no, this is a pre-production copy. And I'm like, what? But we are going to be playing on Saturday for co-optional, and I'm super stoked about that. Very excited. But you can go right now to DiceThrone.com. Or you can go to the Love Thy Nerd community. It's one of our pinned posts. And you can get in on the Kickstarter for Dice Thrones Marvel set. And yeah. it's a full eight characters that are going to be coming out. Um, let's see if I can name off the top of my head. They should just come back uh, on, on Saturday and you can name them then. They, well, they will, but I'm going to do it now because <laughs> I need to see if I can do this. 
Um, okay. We've got Captain Marvel and mm-hmm. Black Panther. Uh, we've got Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Oh, I might be him. Not just Peter. You can't because I only have Captain Amer- or Captain Marvel and Black Panther. <sighs> uh, Miles Morales, not Peter Parker. Miles Morales, which I think is a smart move on their mm-hmm. part. Um, he has a lot of cooler abilities. I'll just, He's my favorite. I'll just say mm-hmm. it. Um, Thor. We've got Loki, Scarlet Witch, and Doctor Strange. That That's was seven. And another one <laughs> that will come to me. <clears throat> while due, I am while I am doing the Church Nerds Memory Verse, perhaps. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, I wanted to. I wanted to do a, a church nurse memory verse that was about uh, fear, which it's very interesting as I was like, you know, I, I, I find topical verses for a lot of these podcasts. And it's interesting because we'll just like spit out memory verses about things. A lot of the a lot of the verses about fear where the Bible is addressing fear. It's more of like a provisional kind of fear. Like I'm worried about resources or I'm anxious like about something happening in my life and the Bible or like um like you know yay though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death um life is scaring you like a lot and it's these general big life fears less the like scared under your blanket alone in the dark, which I think is more of the horror type of fear, you know, the the type of fear that horror movies induce. Black Widow. Black Widow. So sorry. Um, Well, okay. So I liked this verse in uh, Psalm 91, four through five, as far as like the hiding in the dark fear. Um, It says, he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Terror of the night, man. What is a pinion? Um, uh, just feathers. Okay. Good guess. <laughs> I think it, I think it is like an eagle term. Okay. I'm going to confirm that, uh, but I'm pretty sure that it's a, yeah, the outer part of a bird's wing, including the flight feathers. Are they not all flight feathers? No, because you've got the downy ones that keep them warm. And um, yeah, bird feathers do a lot of things. There's flying feathers, there's warmth feathers, and there's like floating feathers. You know, ducks, uh, water off a duck back they they yeah. they are like oily and waterproof gross dude that's I'm disgusting just, if you this cut, is a family podcast if you cut off the pinion of a bird mm-hmm. like that's what they cut off of chickens to make them flightless not like our feral chickens that, say, chickens that you frequently hear on this podcast those chickens can definitely fly they're very and good they at do. it yeah they not like for long stretches but they fly they roost in trees and they fly over the fence. They go wherever they feel like going, um, untamed. Mm. But if we were to cut off their pinions, they could not fly. Um, and 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 that is where uh, the Lord is going. He, we will be covered by the Lord's flying feathers, Love opinions, it. as it were. His opinions? No, not his opinions. <laughs> 
just pinions. Regular, There's a lot to unpack in regular. this verse here. <laughs> lot to unpack. I, you know what? <clears throat> this is like word power, like word of the day. Pinions, everyone. So everybody use it in a sentence today. And it's spelled P-I-N-I-O-N-S. Like onions, but pinions. Not pinions, pinions. All right. Hey, we, <laughs> if if somebody were to ask if you learned anything today. I hope you did. It was probably not what you thought you were going to learn. Maybe you learned something actually important from Jacqueline because she has a I hope far, you did. Um, I don't want to say a superior brain, but her brain thinks differently than my brain it's thinks. better than apparently. my brain. Apparently. Yeah, it's way better than my she's brain. She's a deep thinker and she's brilliant and we are very privileged to have her on our podcast. Yeah. So thank you, Jacqueline. Yeah, thanks for making us better. Much yeah. appreciated. Um, well, hey, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Church Nerds podcast. Um, Anna, you have all that stuff right in front of you. you might oh, as well you want say me it. to close us out? I think you can. Okay. Well, hey, be sure to check us out online at lovethynerd.com for more amazing articles on all of the nerdy things, as well as this show and our other podcasts and videos. If you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, that would be awesome. Please visit lovethynerd.com slash give. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. Fact. And don't forget that you can select Love Thy Nerd as your charity of choice on smile.amazon.com. You cannot order Halloween costumes and get them in this late in the game. But you but could try. But if you try. do, use smile.amazon.com. smile.amazon.com. Who knows? You, they may have same-day shipping. Uh, dude, the Halloween stuff is like booked out. Trust me, I've looked. Um, anyway. We also live on the boondocks. That so. would give LTN a small kickback uh, from your purchase at no cost to you. Every little bit helps us, actually. It really does. You can also find us on social media at Love Thy Nerd on all major platforms and on LTN Radio each and every Friday morning. Yeah. Check them out. Yep. Or Done. else. Uh, <laughs> Or else you won't. Or else I mean, what? like, yeah, yeah, there is no or else. Are you trying to make them afraid threat. right now? Because they yes. are not afraid of you. Oh, you don't know. Uh, no. Well, anyway, I'm Anna, and I'm Bubba, and, and we'll catch it. Oh, are you this kidding is me? Backwards. I get. I hate going first. You've got to go first. Do it over. Right, Do over. From the top. Hey, welcome to church, folks. My name is Bubba. <laughs> Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us, and uh, we'll catch you next week on another episode of Church Nerds. And if no one else tells you this, I promise it's true. Jesus loves you, nerds. Bye.